The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from on the road in a very hot and steamy Burbank, California. This is the Napsack Files. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the Big Show, the Main Show, the interview here on the Napsack Files podcast feed. Thanks for all of you who have been supporting on Patreon and uh, supporting for years and years. This is fun doing this for you. I love to bring in interesting folks with interesting perspectives. And today is no different. He is an actor. He is a renaissance man. I'm making that up. He is Chad Michael Collins. Chad! How are you? Hello, sir. I'm good. How are you, Ken? I'm very good. This has been uh, long in the works. We've known each other in, in circles the last couple of years. We've watched football games together. You've been at my house for parties. Uh, I think you've seen me spill beer or some sort of drink. I have. Uh, <laughs> it might have been something that stains more readily. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was a much. It was much. So we've been trying to get you, uh, get you on here, but uh, you're here. Um, to call you just an actor is, is probably it puts you in a box, but we're going to start there, and we're going to grow from there. Okay. I like it. Just add water. Just add water. How, how did you How did you come to this acting point? How well, did you choose this life? I've had a long, strange road, as I suppose everybody who ends up in L.A. does. There's yeah. no two alike. We're all special snowflakes yes. here doing our thing. Love but snowflakes. I, I was a journalism major in college. Okay, we're to, starting good. Yeah, I, w- I went to Ithaca College, did a journalism major thing. They had an L.A. program. I came out and interned my last semester of my senior year, hoping that it would turn into a job. And right. lo and behold, it did. Yeah. And I started working with a, um, a little boutique entertainment publicity firm called JDS. And that was, that was my beginning of, of my L.A. experience. Right. And by nature of working in, the, in this industry, I yeah. got exposed to your agents, your managers. I was on the Paramount lot. I was in right. the green rooms of talk shows. And just we had celebrity clients right. meeting these people. Somebody put it in my head to, hey, ever taken an acting class? Never have. Just Did, small, really? small town so, boy. So this sports. is not like junior high theater or never, you just playing some never, football? Some... Never been on a stage. To right. this day, I've never been on a stage. So I've wow. never okay. even dabbled in it at all. Yeah. Um, I was more of a writer, writer guy, you know, yeah, so yeah. hence the journalism proclivity but but I just I met all these people and and some some really high level wonderful talent reps and and just people in the industry were like you got to look and yeah. you have a, a decent personality like take a class let right. me know how it goes so when I was brave enough I, I was watching um I, just, I was really into Band of Brothers at the time yeah. when, when this kind of hit me from all sides with people suggesting take a class Braveheart's right. my favorite movie okay. grew up loving G.I. Joe's Hell yeah. and that stuff so Favorite Joe, real quick. Favorite Joe. Favorite Joe? Oh, I mean, I know it's cliche with Snake Eyes. Come on. It's Snake hard. Eyes. It's Flint is my, well, actually, Lady J is my favorite. I was a big fan of Lady J and Flint's relationship. I, I love Shipwreck on the cartoon. <laughs> on the cartoon. I, I love G.I. Joe so much, Ken, that the school bus didn't come till 7, which means I didn't have to get out of bed till 6.30, but I got up at 6 to watch the <laughs> Joe cartoon you? every morning as a child. Man, you, you and I deserve a round of yes, Yo-Joe Cola, my friend. So so you're in that kind of, so epics, that kind of band of brothers, very Yeah, just deep, always loved but, military yeah. and action films, sure. and I you know grew up in the 80s and 90s and, yeah. and that sort of stuff, and... and so I said, "Well, what the hell? I'll 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 take a class. Why not?" Right. And I went in, and I just quickly discovered that I had no ability, but I had a knack, and I understood it because it was mm. like sports in a lot of ways. Right, right. There's a mental and physical grounding. There's a synchronicity there that you have to be very aware of, right. and I I loved it, and it was great. And and just over the years, I just kind of when I could afford a class, I would take a class and okay. just try to get better. And and su- I found success relatively mm-hmm. early on. And okay. You know, long story short, I balanced this kind of PR career, and my my publicist partner also went into management, so he naturally became my manager. Really? Yeah, and it wasn't until about a year and a half, two years ago, that I finally let go of the the white collar thing that Uh I've been balancing with my acting career. Really? That's kind of my long roundabout journey. What what when you say it started to click? What specifically was there a moment? Was there something? Was there a casting? Was there some experience that we like? Not only that I want to do this, but I can do this. Yeah, I, I think that, um, well, you know, it was hard. I, I, I went back and forth, as we all do. As right. we, we step into something new, we have our doubts, we have our fears. And, yeah. and a big one for me was the fact that I didn't have the training. I didn't come from Juilliard or right. Carnegie Mellon. I didn't come from any of these prestigious acts. I don't have an MFA, I don't have a, right. you know, a, a bachelor's of science or fine arts, you know, in that sort of <laughs> arena. So 
it was weird because even when I got success, I was like, what am I doing here? I'm an imposter. Mm. You know, I've, I, I booked my first film. Right. And this is a classic, uh, the Xylem production company that does the <laughs> knockoffs of the, the blockbusters. Right, right. Beautiful business model they have. They did a movie called Legion of the Dead that came out like with, when one of the mummy sequels was about to pop. Oh, right. And I won like the lead role. Like, yeah. I know one of the lead roles on that film. I had like maybe three acting classes under my belt. And, and it was like one of the first two or three auditions I've ever had the courage yeah. to even attempt and it fell on my lap but I shot for two straight weeks making 20 bucks a day non-union movie and right. just was like thank god they let me on that set I don't know what I was doing but it was what a what a baptism by fire and it was awesome yeah. and and so but you know and, and you know and a Hallmark movie found me and and then this and it just got a little right. bit bigger a little bit better but there was always that nagging thing in me where she's kind of like, yeah, but you're no real actor. You, you still know? get that? Yeah. You I, still? I don't. You don't. I made you peace with through... it long ago, and, and how, it took how, a while. How? How? How did you get to those steps? Because you know, that's big in all of us. It was. And, and acting was just, again, if somebody else suggested it, I wasn't so right. inspired to, to discover it myself. So I was just kind of like, okay. And I had fun with it. So I treated it as like a bonus hobby, you know, when, right. when I would stick a gig and get the paycheck I was like this is fun yeah and you know when I, when I, when I, like I said when I'd be brave enough to do auditions I'd pop out for some my manager was cool right whether I wanted to do it or not and and that's just kind of how I treated it really loose and lax so yeah. I I just knew that if I was going to do it for real I needed to get myself in the, in the right headspace to know mm-hmm. that like well training or not it's a different kind of training I have trained right. I'm Doing this sort of thing, and, and mostly I'm doing kind of what Brad Pitt and Channing Tatum did, which is they had the, the they had the wonderful journey of learning on set, right? And as you know, experience can, is the greatest teacher, and yeah. So I've been very very fortunate to get better and more yeah. comfortable with the idea of it as I went on and, and booked more work. So is there even though you may have been struggling with doubt, part of that doubt seems because stuff started working, which is great. Did, is do you feel stuff started working? Because I've been in this town long enough to see people scrambling for success and, and it take different paths for them. Yeah. Is there anything to, not that you had a, I don't care about this attitude, but just like, a, hey, I'm just going to see what happens. Did you go into totally. auditions looser? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's that was huge. Yeah. And, and the only reason I explored in the first place, because I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm working in my office. I've got, right. I've got a PR career that's going. I've got insurance. I've got right. all the stuff that most actors don't have. I don't have to have a side gig, waiting tables, or being a bartender. Yeah. And I think I was able to, to it was perfect for me because, I, I was able to keep it casual and not be attached to the outcome. And right. uh, you know, yeah, so yeah. many people fresh off the boat in L.A., you yeah. know, just all their dreams ride on this. And if they don't hit it and hit it fast, they right. get crushed and, or they yeah. take off and they split. And, and I never I had the luxury of being able to treat it, like I said, as yeah. that hobby and just have fun with it. And and just take my time with making peace with the idea that like no you know what you're doing you are good you do yeah. deserve to to act and there's there's parts for everyone and there's always enough yeah. and so it was it was a journey but it was a journey I was able to kind of navigate casually I like that and it's, and it's important too for all of us out there to to come to those points where we that line it's not even about confidence versus anything else it's it's it just knowing what you are who you are and what you're supposed to do and it seems like you hit that point I did at and some point. And I, I think the breakthrough role for me came, and it was a casting that I had turned down. Mm. An actress friend of mine was helping cast this film, Lake Placid 2, which was a <laughs> you know, Sony franchise yeah, and sci-fi yeah. channel co-production. And they needed a, you know, the young storyline and the adult storyline. They needed right. the lead for the young storyline. And, and, man, I was 25, 26, and I've always been lucky enough to look a little younger than my actual uh-huh. years. And this was for like a 17, 18 year old high school kid. And she's like, you right. got to come in and read this. And I'm like, I'm not coming in and reading that. That's for a high school kid. <laughs> high school. Like, come on. I don't want to be Luke Perry on yeah, that. Yeah, dude, it was totally that. And, and she, she basically ordered me to do it. Right. And I did it. And yeah. it went well. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm doing a chemistry test, which basically <laughs> like I'm showing up for what I think is a meeting with the producers, a callback right. audition. Right. And I'm there for six hours. And what they're doing is I'm the only guy reading for this part. And wow. I'm working with all the other actors they're considering. So Got by it. default, like I guess the part was mine. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even know. And you didn't even know. That, that sent me to Bulgaria and forged a beautiful relationship with Sony, okay. which I still work with a lot on, on uh, the sniper military action franchise. Right, right. But that, that kind of set things up in ways that I didn't see coming years right. later. Yeah. Um, because when they did reboot the sniper franchise, like yeah. 2010... 
I was like the first call, and and he wanted to do an origin story about Tom Berenger's legendary sniper film, you yeah, know, and his character, and and it was going to be flashbacks to Vietnam, and that idea got scrapped. But then they wanted to just make it a standalone where I played his son, and they right. came to me first, and I met with the producer again, and I I tested and worked with the director for an hour straight down in Sony, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. and and the rest is history. I was on a plane to South Africa. Wow. And that was the project that turned. That's for me. the one. I, I was literally shooting outside of Johannesburg, right, on on wildlife reserves, and like giraffes would just roll up to our set and just <laughs> knock over all the lighting, and like wildebeest crashing through Not the forest Union. behind us, elephants, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was incredible, and and the yeah. people there, and just it it was it, that was the light bulb moment, that was the epiphany moment where it's like. You know Got what? It. There will always be offices. Yeah, I need to. This is it. See this for real, 110 percent, like I've never had before. Commit to it. Yeah, and I can always go back and do something else, but I right. always regret it if I don't go all in right now. You're, you're, you you became an actor. I became an actor in that, in that moment. Seriously, yeah. I want to talk about perceptions too with you, and and this might make you giggle in, in uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I hope so. You're you're a good looking dude. You won the no won shucks. some genetics lottery, but you're a good looking dude. You, you work hard, stay in shape. So when upon upon first meeting you, um, uh, even even my reaction is like, ah, who we got here? Pretty boy. What do we oh, got here? Yeah, pretty boy. To to learn your background, to learn how you face all this stuff. Do, and, and this isn't a woe is me. You got a great life, and you're not complaining. <laughs> I'm putting this. I'm putting these words in your mouth. Have you ever felt? Are you like me mentally chanting Tatum? I didn't respect Tatum as an actor for a long time, mm-hmm. and then it was like this other side develops, and it's like that's on me. Right. That's on me looking totally. at this 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 guy, and 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 there's some of that in you, and I mean that in a very good way. Uh, when upon first, I remember I first met you, and it was like, okay, let's, let's judge this guy. He's important to someone important to me, and <laughs> and then it was like, oh no no, this guy, right. how dare I? Yeah. How do you deal with that? You how know, do you it face is that? interesting. I'm a weird dude, man. I'm you know you know me. We're yeah. I'm into all sorts of wacky stuff, and yeah, and I, I, I like my my fun like everyone else and in, in yeah. all our special unique ways but yeah you're right and and you know luckily I'm in I'm in a city where you throw a pebble and you yeah. just hit an attractive person it's right. just kind of a mecca, mecca I've been throwing right. a lot of pebbles at attractive people my whole life <laughs> so it's it's on one hand you're right there yeah. is this kind of stereotype that comes with it like ah he's probably just a moron frat boy or yeah you know, or some sort of or, or what are you, an actor? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and everybody needs you to prove something, that you actually have a mind or intelligence yeah. or, you know, just good reasons for doing the acting yeah. or whatever. And I've taken plenty of classes over the years, and, yeah. and it's always obvious who the actors are in there who don't actually want to learn. They just want to be famous. Right. And it's crazy. And you're yeah. like, what are you doing here, man? Like, yeah. it's... it's doesn't make sense so it hasn't hamstrung me I'm, I'm i think i'm a nice average to above average in terms of like the la beauty scale <laughs> yeah well it's good I mean, and it serves me well yeah and I, I get to play those leading men yeah. because of that and that's always fun for me but yeah. I, I don't know that it's ever hamstrung me it's like leave me in a room with someone for five minutes and like we'll have a nice time and, yeah and well because i'm interested and, and and a lesson for all of us you know don't judge a book by a cover right. anyway but yeah you you are you're kind of a deep dude aren't you would you describe it's yourself? It's been a long as, time coming, but yeah, yeah, I am a curious dude. I'm a I'm a rabid curious voracious. dude with some band uh, open up for in junior high. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love yeah. reading. I love learning. I would, yeah. you know, look if, if if I had my druthers, I'd probably just like be a college student for thirty straight years. Really, get every just, degree under the sun. I'm just interested in so many yeah. things. I've always got two or three books going at one time, and. Not yeah. just my nerd fantasy books and my comic sure. books, but like that too. my personal growth and development books and my books on spirituality, yeah. books about just skills, man skills. You know, I love it all. Like it's it's <laughs> what, cool. And what man skills have you learned? Oh my god, um, not I, nearly enough to survive. I don't have zombie these. apocalypse. Really? But I could change the oil in my car. I've I've, See, I've changed do. a few tires in my day. I've changed the tires. The <laughs> oil, my dad tried. God bless him, tried for the longest time. Right. I could not get into. And it's, I have to go it's underneath the car. We're not doing this. It's a mess. I I, I grew up driving beaters, man. I'm yeah. Buy my first car, bought for one hundred and fifty dollars off my dad's work buddy. Right. And we kept that thing together with God knows what, junkyard parts and just yeah. holes in the exhaust and like soldering brass to the bottom so it didn't sound right. like World War II was coming down the street. And I remember that I always had to change my own oil and stuff like this. But again, my dad is mm-hmm. my dad's a total grease monkey. Like he's right, right, just right. a total motorhead. Like he's got the garage, he's got everything, every tool you can imagine. Right. So it was easy to just kind of do that in the country up country town upstate new york where i grew up just yeah throw uh throw the car up on the 
on the razors and, and just do, do your thing and whatever. I When I drove cross country, when I first moved to L.A., I had a 92 Red Firebird. It was the first car that I had that was nice and started every day, mm-hmm. used with T-tops, like cherry red. I'm like, for a cheesy <laughs> 90s sports car that didn't <laughs> even have a lot it. of horsepower, like, it looked pretty good, and I was pretty proud of it because it was mine. It was yours. the first nice thing I had. I'll never forget, I lived on Hollywood Boulevard, and oh, wow. You hit the town like yeah, a, like a mean, cliche. I, I, again, I, <laughs> Where do I, I go to be a star? Yeah, I shared a, <laughs> a studio apartment oh, wow. with a buddy that did not even have a stove. It just had like a two-hot-plate burner. Right. Like, we were just living large, let me tell you. And, <laughs> you know, you have a park on the side streets in the neighborhood. And, like, I remember the first couple months I was there, mm-hmm. I actually changed my oil in the street. Oh, wow. And then I was like, oh, this is why people pay to have people do this <laughs> do for $20. This. Because now I'm covered in <laughs> grease and yeah. I have no way to dispose of At a public all this nasty crude from driving cross country. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's good to know that I have it in my back pocket. Yeah. Let's let the professionals handle it. You drove out here? You, I did. You, that's great. I love that cross country drive. I did. What are you thinking as you're driving out here? As you're heading towards the West Coast. Not, yeah. Again, not to pursue acting, to pursue something different. So totally. you're, you're not picturing Oscars right. and all that stuff in your head. But what do you think? when you leave when you leave hometown and you drive that distance man it was a bomb dropped on my parents because i i had talked about going to la for school Mm. um and so of course i drove cross country and and my my late grandfather had Mm. always wanted to go to california he never has so he made the trip with me so we did three four days across country and and what movie is that that hasn't been written? My I know, friend? right? I bonded with that dude yeah. in ways that I never had an opportunity before because he was always, yeah. he was a tough guy from an old generation, right. you know, a veteran and all this other stuff. And always oh, but, like, with a smile for his grandchildren, but right. like, he, he's not the type of guy you sat down and, and have right. and, a and so am, am I guess a World War II veteran? Uh, Korea. Korea. Yeah. So, yeah, close range, 50s, yeah. yeah. But he, uh, he joined me. Yeah. And, you know, we left. Our little country town, Canajoharie, New York, upstate New York, and we wow. hit the road. I ain't never heard of that. This guy was a trooper, man. Like, yeah. I'm like, I do a four or six hour stretch, and I'm like, oh, I'm just like beat. Yeah. He, this guy would go for eight, ten hours straight. Wouldn't even like stop for like, a through. bathroom break. It was amazing. He'd drive all through the night. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible. It barely took any rest. He was just a machine. Uh, we went south and then went across, uh-huh. you know, and... Well, freeway 40? Take the 40? Yeah, exactly. That's oh, that cuts through down yeah. in Tennessee, and then yep. we shot over. Yep, to the we, panhandle, all that, yeah. That's it. It was kind of a straight shot. He just wanted the experience. But we did stop in Albuquerque where I had an uncle, you know, yeah. he, his son, and we stayed an extra day there, which was really, really nice. That's, that's amazing. What did yeah. you, what, in those days, what did you learn? That's about three, four days where you just... Connecting with, I just, I honestly, the dude could have probably made the entire trip in silence. You know, yeah, he could have. Like he's just one of those old school dudes, right. Who you know just could totally keep to himself and and That's... whatever. But but we had some great conversations. I heard about how he met my grandmother and how him and his brothers opened like the busiest, most raucous bar in my hometown oh, back wow. in the day, and his experiences overseas. You know, being stationed in Germany and stuff during the Korean right. War. It was. It was it was fun. It was amazing. Yeah, and it was a bond, and I know that all all my other all his other grandchildren. I don't know that they have ever had the glimpse right. or the time in yeah. that way with him, which is really special. And he passed a few years ago, but mm-hmm. I we've always got that memory of of driving cross country together and really connecting. It was nice. That's good. What would you tell yourself now to that guy who's cooking on hot plates? How long ago did you move to LA? Uh, <laughs> uh, man, this was two thousand two. 2002. Oh, wow. I've been here a while. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy to yeah. think about, but I just hit 19 years. It's yeah. crazy. Oh man. Yeah. It goes so fast. So that so that kid in the hot plate studio apartment changed sharing a studio, by the way. You said with sharing a friend. Studio. Luckily he worked like nights. Yeah. And so And and what's interesting to me is this the path that you had put out in front of you is is not the path you're on. Not at all. How, what do you what do you say to that kid now? What do you say to little little, little Chad cooking on soup on a hot plate? Yeah, it was a lot of spaghetti back in those days. <laughs> um, which is again totally the opposite of what I eat now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know me, all, yeah. all wacky with the paleo diet and yeah. whatever. But um, you know, I it's hard to it's hard to say what advice I would give because I just I've always been a guy, and even when I when I didn't have the terms to explain it, I, mm. I was pretty conscious and pretty aware. And sometimes you need to fail, discover, try new mm. things, and, and take that journey before you can kind of hone in and yeah. fine-tune it and really discover what speaks to you and what inspires you. And I don't know that I would change very much. Um, I would tell them, 
put down the credit card, man. Uh, <laughs> racked up serious debt. I'm still out here. telling myself that. Working a, a yeah. very, very, very Spartan salary yeah. as an assistant to a publicist, and but also being young in my twenties and wanting yeah. to have the fun experiences and, and, and go living. out and, and party and have fun and, and explore yeah. and see places. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. Uh, as as a writer, it's called writing the other side of the page. Right. You know. Yeah. Making sure. So it's you know I I guess I don't know that I would have very much advice. It would just it, it, I kind of like that I was able to just find my footing eventually and just mm-hmm. explore and kind of learn as I went because look some people. People will always go, but mm-hmm. people won't always learn from it. Luckily, right. I had the mind to always pay attention and to adjust accordingly. And so right. I was just able to kind of dip did, my toe in the, in the water. Did you ever resist some of this change? I mean, we talk about doubt as an actor or mm-hmm. feeling not belong, but it was just, were you ever so, did you struggle with, no, I came out here for a reason? Or have you always just been kind of an open, dare I say, spiritual guy, but that, that's not necessarily connected as fully, but I know right. you're, you're just kind of more open to that kind of stuff and more open to self-discovery. But right. Um, Early no, I, on. I, I didn't move out with all these hopes and dreams. I, right. It was my la- It was very calculated on my end. I was like, okay, I'm seeing these people as juniors in college go off and do internships with companies, and then they're hoping for a job two years later with the same company. I was like, why wouldn't I just do it my last semester of college? Right. So it could be a seamless transition if, if everybody involved and liked, like, liked the fit. Right. And so I did that, and it worked out totally. And I, you know, I literally finished up in that May of 2002. I... I Caught a flight back to Ithaca College, mm-hmm. cap and gown, tossed that cap up in the air, and like right. literally a week later, I was back in LA getting right. started, and it worked out well in that respect. But I didn't have a lot of expectations. I knew LA was probably the place for me, okay, because it's like, what are you gonna do, LA or New York City? And right. I grew up three hours north of New York City. I never really had much interest. I really, I like it. I like visiting it now. Yeah, when yeah. I have tour guides and friends there, and I yeah. like to. It's like Vegas for me. Like three, four days, and I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. It's, it's claustrophobic. <laughs> You know, and, and I love both cities energy, and there's to that, yeah. And it's four o'clock last calls. It's dangerous and it's fun. Yeah, and, yeah. But you know, I, I did my time in New York yeah. State and all the beautiful seasons and the volatility right, right. of the seasons that come with it. And I just said, you know, LA is the place that speaks to me. What? What? what uh, that's so interesting because I love LA and I know a lot of people live out here who hate this city. And I, I, if I if I didn't Strange. have to be an actor, I'd leave here. And I'm that's like, so I, I get it's just a little disjointed. It's spread out. I yeah. can get if you watch Collateral, which is one of my favorite movies, I understand some of the stuff Tom Cruise's character right. saying in that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do love this city. And you're saying you're one of the first people I've ever heard say LA drew me or, or called to me. Yeah, I. I I don't know what it was. It just it just spoke to me, and I was like, God, the West Coast and sunshine year round, right? And because I was always active, you know, an athlete, yeah. and and a little bit into college, um, <laughs> for what that's worth. Um, but just always like a weekend warrior, and I just yeah. love you know being able to go play basketball and this right. and that and whatever. But just as a guy who likes learning, and and you know, there's something about LA that's just kind of. I don't want to call it like the leading edge or on the cusp of, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are connected to a lot of really cool things, yeah. a lot of forward moving, a lot of forward thinking things. Right. And I love that. And that's just kind of the momentum I have for myself in my own life. So it's always been a natural fit in that way. Right. And you, you, you want to be or, or fancy yourself as an, an internal student, which is, uh, uh, I just had my friend Dan Farron on the show, who's a 61-year-old actor-writer, and he calls himself, you know, the eternal student, constantly yeah. learning, constantly right. going. And that is, that's, that's still a very key part. And you, you, so you'd go back to totally. college just to study just <laughs> books, or you just, do you feel you as a person are always wanting to learn more about yourself Absolutely. and about things? And, and you know, Ken, it's... it's when I look back on the acting mm-hmm. stuff I've been able to do, it's kind of like, well, no wonder I found acting because mm-hmm. what other profession will give you a taste of this and a taste of that and right. a taste of this? And whether you're talking traveling and, and mm-hmm. foreign languages and, and different cultures around the world through your experiences or you're talking just trying on different parts for different sizes, right. you know? And that, that to me is super fascinating. You give, to give yourself permission to go and dive into, you know, research. Right, right, right. And that's just everything from playing video games to watching movies to reading cool books and experiences to learn about these roles and these professions and whatever. So that's always been, I I just think, duh. Duh. It makes sense. Makes sense. Because I'm doing this on my own time. Why not find a way to play pretend and get paid for it? It was like, it was was out there for you before you even knew it, it seems. Exactly. 
Do you, do you believe in that kind of stuff? Do you believe in that uh, things work out the way they're supposed to? How much do you control yourself? Let's get deep. Uh, let's get deep and yeah, spiritual I'm, here. Dude, I would love to, man. How much time you got? Um, oh, we got we got all the time <laughs> in the world. But yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm more of a manifest destiny guy. Okay. I really, I don't know that uh, as much as I love reading, you know, stuff on sure. Norse mythology and Vikings right. and stuff. Like, I don't believe that there's a fate necessarily de- okay. predetermined. I do. Right. I, I I love the version of where people get to decide and people yeah. get to create their own reality and get to, you know, the power of the thoughts they think, which manifests outwards into the things showing up. Sure. They can see, taste, I, touch. I, I could totally buy into this that. This is my deal. Yeah. It's my jam, you know. But it's, again, that's, you know, it's quantum physics. Einstein nailed it. Tesla nailed it. It's mm. it's it's all been correlated to, and again, to the religion, to the yeah. new thought, spirituality. Everything is kind right. of... If you if you want to be open to it and you and you want to look for it, it's all it's all merged. It's, right. it's this beautiful science and spirit lining up in this modern age that like yeah. it's it's exciting and it's fun and yeah. I think empowerment for me is the name of the game. And mm. I really feel like everyone has the ability to change their life, starting yeah. just with the changing of the habit of thought and and go in a totally new direction. I know I've done it. Yeah, if I can do it. <laughs> I have yeah, to yeah. Well, were, did it. you? Have, the, the the power of thought is is key. As someone who suffered from depression for a long time, a lot of years, and will still battle with it, mm-hmm. I just I'm kind of coming out of a two year stretch of where uh, I thought I'd. I didn't think I defeated the depression, but it was like, you're done. I'm done with you. Yeah. For five years, it was good. And then all of a sudden, some things changed in my life, mm-hmm. things that were supposed to be positive, new jobs and things like that. And I found myself horribly depressed because I had missed it and I wanted it back and I kept choosing to have it right. back. So I do believe in that, yeah. uh, though I do believe in, uh, in, in God and some sort of fate. Mm-hmm. But I still very much believe in the freedom of, of will, the will and freedom of choice that God might put it there. So, yeah, so I can choose every day. To not leave bed, to not, Good. Yeah. you know, to eat 12 cheeseburgers and cry. <laughs> um, so life. I'm, I'm buying into that philosophy mm-hmm. a lot more and more and, and more. That's just the thing. And, and some of the greatest stuff I've discovered has just simply been about mm-hmm. your thoughts create your reality. You know, uh, like attracts like. And it's all about being aware and choosing. Yeah. And it, it, you're being aware and you like the results you're getting. Keep choosing that same thing you were doing all along. If you don't like it, choose something else. And that, at the very core of its essence, probably just involves start looking at your thoughts a little bit and start picking some new ones. You control what you you put in your mind, what you put in your mouth. Right. You know? Um, uh, Did you ever at any point, high school or anything else, was this always kind of present for you? Did you battle with any kind of depressions or anxieties or anything that got you to this point? Or you just kind of always had this kind of Yeah, you know, it's so weird, man. And I... I, (laughs) I was, to be bluntly honest with you, yeah. I, I was somewhat of a functional alcoholic when okay. I got here in L.A., into college and, and whatever. And, and again, I never the blackout, sloppy, make right. bad decisions, get behind the wheels of a car type of guy. In fact, I was always very lucid and, and very mm. present and to the point where I would take care of everyone else no matter how much oh, we yeah. would be out drinking. So and no one would suspect you. Yeah, really. well, I, I just, that was, I was, I could always handle it well, but yeah, I yeah. found that it was just like such a part of the culture I grew up in. Upstate yeah, yeah. New York, it was like beer, 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 beer. And I didn't touch it all through high school, but when mm. college came around, I did it. And I just remember, I started, I just had a lot of fun. LA is a fun place. And if yeah. you spend your 20s in LA, like there's beautiful, shiny people, beautiful, beautiful <laughs> shiny you know, bars and clubs and restaurants in the ocean, and there's right. just so many things to be distracted and have fun with. And I just remember, like, I would just have a lot of fun. Yeah. And that was it to me. I didn't need to wake up in the morning and, and do a fifth yeah. Jameson to see me through the day, but I did look forward to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights a lot. Mm. And that just, I think, took its toll. And I don't mean to make this long winded, but no, when, no, I, when I, this Lake Placid 2 project, which yeah. I, I booked when I was about 20, 25, 26. Right in the heyday of my 20s, having fun. I'm going as an actor. Kind of my first reason ever to get a passport because I'm going to Sofia, Bulgaria to shoot this film. Right. And so it was all exciting. And I was very much about, like, doing the work and, and trying this on for size. Three-week shoot for me. But also, like, I'm in a foreign city. I'm with right. young cast members. And we went out and we had fun. And your yeah. money goes for miles out there. Like, <laughs> just, you're just your per diem alone. Can, can You can live like a king for it. Right. It was really, really cool. And... I remember coming back from that film, having worked and played really hard, back into the office life, settling back in until the next thing popped or I decided what I wanted to do. And I just remember 
there's something physical going on because you know when mm-hmm. I say work hard, play hard, like I, I, the weekend warrior in me, like man, I would go out and play three hours straight of pickup basketball. Mm-hmm. North Hollywood High School on blacktop, even when right. it's 115 degrees. Then I would go play a three or four hour uh, mm-hmm. football game, you know, flag football game that was really competitive and a lot of fun. And I would just burn myself out during the week, on the right. weekends, and then I'd be kind of having fun Thursday through Saturday right. uh, at night. And it just, it was madness. And it went yeah. on. And I, I remember waking up and looking back, I just, I didn't feel good. I came back from this movie and it, I started to experience kind of what I call like a little health crisis mm. and you wouldn't think at 26 27 right. whatever it was that i would have stuff like brain fog yeah. and fatigue right. i remember getting on the phone in my office and trying to have a conversation with some media outlet or whatever else or just slurring my speech in the oh, middle wow. of the day yeah and something was off just and you can't you can't pinpoint it but it, it more or less set me down on a path because you know you go to the doctor and what does the doctor do it's like we can't find anything wrong right right they don't know how to diagnose it with a western approach to it it's just yep. kind of like what are your symptoms we'll put a band-aid on or give you a pill <laughs> and i was like there's something more doc like I yeah. mean, whatever and i got dismissed by a bunch of doctors and they were just basically like look i think you have your hypochondriac and you have an anxiety oh. disorder, so we're going to get you some antidepressive pills. And I just he gave me the prescription, insisted I take it. I tore it up. I put it in the wastebasket. I said, thank you, yeah. and I will never be back. Wow. And from that point on, I made it my business to crack this, like, health code. Yeah. Which, you know, again, I had middling results. I tried everything, dude. I mean, yeah. I went vegetarian. I went vegan. I did right. Blood type diet. I did flushes, cleanse for my kidney, for my liver, for this, right. juice fasting. Like, I, I, dude, there was nothing, nothing that I was not willing to try to see if I could finally crack this code. Right. And of course, by nature, when you start to really look at health from a holistic perspective, which was my journey, you start getting dialed into the, the mind body spirit connection, which mm. led me to stuff like the secret right. and right. all this law of attraction, wonderfulness that's, that w- was out there then. And, sure. And, and all over the place now. Right. And so that was kind of a beautiful, beautiful awakening for me. It's it's like when you hear about the, the famous story of the sideline photographer who gets hit by Tony Gonzalez out of bounds and he gets concussed, so he goes to the hospital, they do an MRI, and they find that he has like a humongous right. brain tumor in his head and he gets that surgery and that one little thing one saved little his thing. life. And that was kind of, I'm grateful for Lake Placid too in my yeah. hard-charging ways because that actually set me up for the right. mental spiritual game that's going to serve me for the rest of my life. And there and right and then, and the things I always say you, at one point you look back and you see why it all worked out. Yeah. You see what it was supposed to be. But again, about the choices and right. about, you know, cuz I yeah. look I look back and go, well, if I had mm-hmm. chosen more wisely. Right. Just how I treat myself. And that's the that's the deal, man. It's it's I guess it's just like this idea that you can make drastic changes in your yeah. life. And you can do it the hard way, which means bottoming out right? and, and really sinking yourself low, or you can get way out ahead of it. And right. that's the kind of the path that I choose now, right. where, where, where don't let it get huge. Yeah. Get out ahead of it before it gets big, or pave the way for, for beautiful, nice, easy-flowing things to come into your experience. And, 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 and again, we're not trained. You yeah. know, no one is, is born, and then we are raised yeah. with parents, of course, mean the best and are doing the best with what they knew, right. but we're not told, you know, these versions of empowerment, these, these no. thoughts becoming things concept, you have a choice to create your life any way you want it, and, yeah. and that sort of stuff, it's be afraid of that, it's no to that, it's, right. and so you gotta, you gotta untrain yourself, unfortunately, uh, I that's, get a, it. that's a journey, and some uh, people, till their death, don't learn how to untrain themselves, or don't I, want them. I'm still struggling, brother, I'm still struggling, but it's a good, it, but to hear, uh, to hear you say it like that, it it it, it makes sense, and and it, it also makes sense to the to the person I know who you are, you know, and, and you you take this stuff seriously. You, Thank you. You uh, it served me really well, man, yeah. and, and it's cool, and I love to offer it and share it with yeah. others. And and man, I can't tell you how many books I've bought for people, and just yeah. like you got to listen to this track, or just steering them to resources where try it on for size. Like you got nothing to lose. Yeah. Everything you're telling me is that you're not satisfied with how it's been going or where you are going. It's like. Mix it up. Can't hurt. The, the, this sounds like it might be teasing, but have you ever thought of like uh, going on the road with this thing? You ever thought about, uh, you know, a, instead of a, a TED Talk, a Chad Talk? You ever no, thought man, about this? I, <laughs> I love it, and it's, it is great. And I could talk about this stuff for yeah. hours because it, it has really changed my life 180 in so right. many wonderful ways. And it's just fun to play with. It's right. fun to play with. And 
And that's what it is. It's it, it is play. I yeah. mean, what are you doing? You're playing with yeah. your mind. You're imagining things. It's it's not different than what you did as a kid when you were left alone to your own advices. Right. You kind of all naturally have that instinct. Yeah. So, but no, I I don't know. I don't. I'm certainly no so no guru. I'm not trying to make you Tony Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just that you. Guy's rad, yeah. yeah I can't hang with that dude. Yeah. No. 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 I haven't watched that talk yet. Have you watched that talk? I yet? did, and, and yeah. cried my eyes out. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I've always loved Tony Robbins, and yeah. the stuff he offers to people is is incredible. But that Netflix documentary will. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to be a real Grinch not to shed some tears throughout that. <laughs> When, when you're going through trials or you're going through bad things that maybe even though you have this nice perspective that you're talking about, about you're going to learn and you're going to that, how, how do you, how do you allow yourself still to grieve in that time or learn? And how, and how do you do, you, you know what I mean? You, are you processing a failure or, or a hurt at the same time? Or do you just immediately go to, Hey, it's going to be okay. Cause I'm going to learn from this. You know, I, I, does that make sense? Yeah. I probably sound like a walking, talking, you know, over rational you know, automaton, but I, you know, you, you, I have feelings you, like everyone else. Yeah, can, well, but know. that's my thing is you do, <laughs> you do, you have a great perspective, and and I think I have a great perspective on a lot of things. However, when I'm in it, I forget my own perspective. Right. Um, I think the thing that helped me the most, and I'm still a huge fan, is um, Abraham Hicks, mm-hmm. and they've been out there for 30 years talking law of attraction and all this wonderful mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And and it, that, I just when I discovered their first book, it was like boom, like right. everything just started clicking into place, and they just have a really beautiful, simple concept, and it's this idea that it's it's a lot of people will run around and they'll just be reactive. You know, mm. they'll react. Something will happen, and then they'll react. You know, right. that sort of thing, rather than they be them them deciding right. how it's going to go down. Yeah, and not working backwards from a reaction. You know, being more unconditional about things. Right. The, they have this beautiful idea where it says thoughts do create kind of your reality because the consistency of your thoughts forms beliefs and your beliefs dictate mm. your perceptions and your reality and everything else and all the the beautiful manifestations or not so beautiful manifestations right. that come as a result. And they said so many people want to, you know, give the power to their emotions. Right. And they say emotions are just kind of a byproduct of the consistent habit of thought that you have. Mm. That's where the emotions come up. And, the, and, and look, how many thoughts do we have a day? 60,000, 100,000? Yeah. You can't possibly monitor every thought that you have because your mind is this beautiful thing that never stops. Right. But they, they talked about this idea of mo- emotions basically being, that's your shortcut. That's your Cliff's Notes. Right. Because you can't monitor all the tens of thousands of thoughts you have every day, but you know how you feel. Right. And your feelings are going to indicate your habit of thought. And that's kind of, it's just genius and it's simple. And yeah. it's like, oh, so I'm not a victim of my emotions. It's actually because I'm thinking some things that don't serve me. That's why I feel uh, like crap today. Like, yeah. okay, let's write the course. Let's take a look. That makes sense. What you, what you said right there of uh, number one, it's a, you just, you're just rolling the stuff out your heart, Chad. It's <laughs> yeah. great. But uh, not being a victim of your emotions. Right. I think a lot of people have that. But that's how we're trained. Yeah, we, we, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's so for so me. when have it, their relationships. Right. You, know, you did this thing to me and just reacting all over the place. Right. It's, it's tough. It's, it's, that, that's a hard road like I was talking about. Yeah. It's, just, it's not for me anymore. But I've played in it. I've played plenty. Sure. And I've learned sure. from it. But and you may again. You never know. Yeah, of course. But, but, and we're but, human. So we're going to yeah. go up and, down. up and down the ladder. I think that's one of the key things that you're talking about there is, mm-hmm. is uh uh, again, I go to my depression, but I've seen other people with their anger and their spirit of vengeance, and totally. they're just and they're tied to a lot of what happens to them, mm-hmm. and they're not out in front of it. Right. I think that's key. Yeah. Control and your bummer. choices. And it, and I know it's hard for actors coming from that perspective because mm. they do get attached to the outcome. They they uh-huh. they can't they they're not coming from a place of appreciation or gratitude or even expectation of mm. getting the part. It's just kind of like I need this job. I need this job. I need this job. Right. And when they're told no or they're you're not a right fit or whatever else. It's devastating. Like every single time I've known so yeah. many of these people and, yeah. and, and the mindset is just for this industry, as you know, it's an mm-hmm. industry predicated around a lot of fear, a lot of no's, yeah. a lot of reasons to find, you know, people finding reasons to say no right. in this way. And, you know, it's kind of like Highlander, man. There could be only one, especially <laughs> as an actor. It's, it's, you know, you got 3000 people submitted for one role on one right. television show for one episode They'll maybe get a chance to see fifty if it's a big session, maybe thirty. Right. From there, they'll maybe seriously consider, you know, five to seven, and then the producers will pick one or two. 
So just the fact that you're like in the room or in the running, yeah. if you book the part or not, is kind of a miracle. But no one sees it that way if you're yes. reacting and you're attached to the outcome. So if you're a kid out in Minnesota listening right now, thinking about coming to Hollywood, there's those daunting facts <laughs> for you. But yeah, having that, uh, yeah. So I've because I've seen people, uh, friends of mine, acquaintances of mine, I've seen them leave town. Yeah, uh, and we've and all seen them pack up the bags. Pack up the yeah. bags, and you know a lot Set. of it's worked out. But it was again; it's almost on their path. Right. Uh, I know one a friend of mine had to leave for family reasons, and and he's doing much better than he ever was or probably ever could be out yeah. here. And and then you have to kind of accept that. But I've seen, and it's always kind of the sadness. I came close to leaving in May 2015, um, but I, I I think my choices had led me to that point. But but uh, I've seen people, and there's a little bit of sadness as I watch it because I I think it is more about this panic. Mm. I'm not getting, I'm not getting, I'm not getting, I'm out. Right. right. Versus growing. Tr- and it's hard. Yeah. We can uh, say into these microphones on a nice, quiet Sunday afternoon, yeah, but. It's a balance. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have to play the game a little bit, but it's a fun game to play when you mm-hmm. can make it work for you. And, yeah. and, you know, to that kid in Minnesota, I've just come up with this idea for myself that it's like, make your own statistics. And, yeah. you know, I gave you that 3,000 down to 50, down to 7, down to 3, down to there can be only one example right. of how an actor could just get apart. A right. It doesn't matter. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You get to create your own statistics, and you can do that by being aware and honestly not paying attention to the statistics. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. having cultivate a, a healthy mindset and get that positive expectation going and yeah. not be attached and to t- the outcome. T- and taking care of yourself. Totally. In that sense of, uh, yeah. you know, even in my old, my old job when I was the boss and I'd have, you know, so-and-so, you know, kids would come into my office like, well, you know, so-and-so did this and this. It's like, hey, man, right. what's going on with you? Exactly. You make yourself the best right now. Totally. And I will promote you and you'll, you will mm-hmm. find your way out and of here. has anybody had job. great success in this yeah. industry or another one that didn't cultivate yeah. humongous amounts of belief in themselves? Yeah. You know, any great master or genius inventor or even... Yeah. The dude next door who's doing wonderful things at a smaller yeah. microcosm level, like these people have an inherent belief, and whether they're aware of it or not, mm. the masters have have kind of always been aware of it. Yeah, and chosen to kind of really blow it up. Man, if that that kid in Minnesota better be taking notes, man. Whew. This fictional kid. Man, we are saving you years <laughs> and tens of thousands, brother. Let's talk about some. Uh, not that this isn't fun. This is great stuff. I know you like talking about, but but uh, your actual career. There's some fascinating things. Number, you got a you got a. Couple projects projects coming out in September, right? I do, yeah. What's coming out? Tell me. Uh, I'm I'm on a I just shot a series okay. for uh, BYU TV. Mm. Brigham Young University owns a cutting mm. digital edge channel. They do a lot of wonderful programming. Their their tagline is uh, "See the good in the world." So okay. it's really the stuff they already have is wonderful, but more reality based. Mm-hmm. They did a scripted series a few years ago, but this is kind of their foray back into it. And, okay, and so Orson Scott Card who is a prominent uh, uh, figure in sci-fi and fantasy, wrote Ender's Game right, right. Um, and a whole series of best-selling books. He has a writing partner named Aaron Johnson. They came up with this beautiful sci-fi oh, series okay. and built this world, and we shot 10 episodes uh, up in Utah, um, nice. going from August all the way up to last um, February. Right. So that's premiering on October 1st. Very, very, very excited that's for this to come out. What is that called? Extinct, extinct, right? That's extinct. Yes. Yes. Right. I remember when you were up shooting in Utah. That's what yeah. you were doing, yeah. Beautiful countryside. That's a blast, man. Beautiful part of the country. Oh, man. What, uh, what, what are you in this series, can you say? Yeah, um, I am. I play a character named Ezra. The whole premise is yeah. human race annihilated. Extinct. We're uh, done. Um, seems plausible now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but not from within. Alien, right. Aliens come down, dude, of course. God, oh, well, good. So it would be sci-fi. I can, I can blame the aliens. <laughs> yes. So the aliens come down, wipe out the human race. Uh, a few of us... At the the beginning of the show, find ourselves reborn mm. by a ben- another benevolent, seemingly benevolent alien race who kind of okay. restitch us, reconstitute us. They call it reborn. Yeah, we're reborns, uh, us back together. We don't know why we're here. We have our memories intact. Our brain states are totally intact. Our bodies are what they are. Right. And we go along not knowing where we are, what's going on, piecing the stuff together. We realize we're 400 years in the future. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've been reconstituted to kind of take out the original alien incursion, the, the threat of right. that race. But then again, we're kind of pawns in a much larger game. And, and so there's a lot of... Reclaiming our humanity and, and reuniting with loved ones and finding the hope in it all and, and finding our place. Right. Also trying to survive, you know, and there's strange people in a strange place, yet yeah. really familiar. 
So it's really fun. They built a really interesting creative world, and and, yeah. and we had a blast shooting it in and around beautiful state of Utah. We started with like 115 degrees in St. George eh, you know. in the places where they shot Star Trek, the OG Star yes. Trek, and John Carter from Mars, these beautiful red rock formations. And then we ended up in like snow oh, and wow. mountains and Zion and all over the place, man. What a, it's just an epic, epic location. So that's, that's great. And that, great. you talk about your experiences, what you get to experience your travel and everything there mm-hmm. so you guys can look for that but also i definitely i i, I definitely need to talk about sniper, sniper. the sniper series yes, uh because uh, you had to go through some intense training right <laughs> you, uh, you had to you had to learn learn the ropes of being a sniper yeah man i i so you know like i said before this lake placid yeah. 2 movie got me in bed with with sony and it led to this uh sniper franchise reboot and for people right. who aren't familiar with the sniper franchise i think 93 Tom Berger, Billy Zane, yes, theatrical yes. movie, did well. You know, it's it's. I grew up with it. I, I'll never yeah. forget watching. You know, TBS, growing up and seeing the opening of that film where Berger comes out of nowhere in his ghillie suit. He just like pops his head up out of the foliage yes. and like that's a dude. And the chopper comes down, of course, and evacs him. But yeah. I, I, I love that movie growing yeah, up. I remember it. And the producer for Lake Placid 2 thought I was a dead ringer for young Tom Berenger. Okay. Which, thank you very much. Sure. That's very kind of him. I, um, I could see a major league, <laughs> major league Nine, the prequel. Yeah. So he'd always wanted to reboot. You know, they did Sniper 2 and Sniper 3 back in the day with Tom. Yeah. And they didn't do as well. And they kind of shelved it for a while. They brought this back as, as reimagined it as me playing his son. Okay. And so I've done, I just shot the fourth movie over the last like six, seven years for this franchise. Right. And that's coming out this fall. Um, mm. Tentative working titles, but it's the seventh one overall and mm. the fourth one that I've been a part of. Wow. Playing Sergeant Brandon Beckett. Yeah. Yeah, we shot that one in Bogota, Colombia. So it's Holy got more moly. of a, yeah, it's got more of an urban, urban. feel. And the cool thing about this one is it, it's Behringer and Zane yeah. back together on film in this franchise Ooh. for the first time since the original. Yeah, and I know you really fun. You've got the chance to work with Zane before. Is this the first time I working with Behringer? Yeah. Well, I worked Sniper Reloaded. I worked with Billy okay. and Zane yeah. in South Africa. And then we did Sniper Legacy, which brought Pops back into the fold. Gotcha. So it was me and Behringer and Dennis Haysbert. Yes. And then we did oh, my. Uh, the sixth one. The president. Was, yes. Sniper Ghost Shooter. And that was, again, Zane back in the fold with his... Zingy yeah. zingers and one-liners yeah, yeah. doing his thing that he's so good at. And Dennis Haysbert came back for that one, too. And so that brings us to the Sniper 7, which it won't be called Sniper 7, hopefully. Yeah. And it's it's me and Tom Berenger and Billy Zane having a blast. And my beautiful co-lead is uh, Denai Garcia, who's one of the regulars on Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. She's a wonderful actress. And we, we made a great movie. And it'll That's be coming good, out man. this fall. I'm going to see it next week. I'm very excited. For the first time? Mm-hmm. Uh, in some of that training, you this this is an interesting wrinkle. You you were trained a little bit. Uh, I imagine uh, tell me the full extent by mm. by uh, 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 a, a guy I went to high school with. That's Pat, right, Patrick Garrity. Patrick Garrity, um, and I will tell him to be listening to this. He, <laughs> he he deserves to hear my praise. Yeah, uh, Patrick was awesome. He was our technical advisor on on um, uh, sniper. Five, Sniper mm-hmm. Legacy with me and Tom Berenger. Mm-hmm. And so he was over in Bulgaria and, and um, oh, God, we were in Greece, Santorini Island. Oh, which wow. was a nice week uh, for all yeah. of us involved. So he was there. He was our technical advisor. He's a, a former Marine Scout sniper. Yes. I think you probably are aware of. Yeah. So he was our boots-on-the-ground guy to really give us the nuts and bolts. And, again, it's a crash course. Like, these sure. movies are, are lower in budget, so we don't get to go... Do two weeks right, don't get of the, a boot the, camp, unfortunately. Saving Private Ryan boot camp yeah. or something like so, that. Yeah. So, you know, as an actor, if you don't lean on these guys heavily, yeah. you're you're not doing yourself any you're learning on You're learning on the fly, Absolutely. essentially. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I, you know, I grew up in upstate New York, man. Yeah, I grew yeah. up hunting and shotguns and right, rifles right. and whatever. So I'm comfortable around it. Yeah, no, it seems, yeah. it seems almost too good for you. You don't actually yeah. have to hit anything, <laughs> which is a beautiful part of filmmaking, Ken. I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> shooting blanks. all live to take. Yeah. <laughs> So, but Patrick was awesome, and yeah. he would, you know, he would build the ghillie suits for us, and he yeah. would show us the proper, you know, ways to set up, and and even just, you know, the proper prone position, you know, heels down, heels down, right. you know, that sort of stuff, which is so great. And I, you know, I don't have any ego. I yeah. just, I know I don't know a fraction of what you know, right? And there's a lot of tough guy actors out there, like yeah, yeah I know, yeah. and you know, and you I see it this. all the time, and it's like, ah, oh, what a shame, because <laughs> you don't know. And yeah, this is why they're here, and so. Check the ego and just learn something yeah. and look good. 
Yeah. Because military guys will watch our movies. Yeah, yeah. They love it. And you want them, yeah, you want them to like it, not sit there going. You know what they're looking for. (laughs) The amateur hours. Yes. So you don't want to give it to them. Yes, totally. That's awesome. Yeah, Patrick and I got class of 94, Royal Grande High School. Nice. I think about 92, we we had a PE class together and we had a very good team handball team. He was like the captain, I was the goalie. It's good stuff, yeah. man. I know he was a he's a, really accomplished as like a runner, right? Yeah, he was. Well, in junior high, yeah, yeah. that's uh, I went to junior high with him as well, and he was yeah he was right. a, he was the star of the Small runner, world, one of the runners. Yeah, it's it's uh, I remember it it so uh, somehow sunk up, and I, I think he wrote me on Facebook was yeah. like, hey, I saw you, Chad was in a picture with you or something like at a party, right. and like uh, it's, it somehow it sunk up. It's it's so funny, I love that. so funny. Yeah, it, I <laughs> I like to consider Patrick and I the the more famous alumni and not Zach Efron who. Graduated five years later. <laughs> yeah. Might have been that. Uh, Zach. This has been so great. But as we close, Chad, I want to know, as we, as we look to the future, you, you, we know you cannot predict the future. But uh, I got to ask that uh, inside the actor studio question. Where do you see your career? What's the role? What's the dream role for you? Are we, I know you like a little bit about the medieval stuff, right? Oh. Can we get you in a knight costume here? Nice, some armor? Dude. What can yeah. we do? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I have to stop being hired for soldiers so I, I can stop rocking the high <laughs> yeah. and tight and actually grow this glorious main out yeah if i'm gonna play a knight but i would love, i'm a geek for knights as you as you know yeah braveheart and historical fiction and bernard cornwell but um you know I, the office the pr gig served me so well because right. scott bacula was a client i grew up watching quantum leap and he was doing the right. the, the the incarnation of enterprise yeah on upn and where he was the captain of the star that star trek version of the show and I got to work with a lot of guys where I'm like, you know what? I love sci-fi. It's where it's at. I've always enjoyed it. You know, mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica is one of my favorite shows. Grew up with X-Files, oh, yeah, yeah, Star yeah. Trek Next Gen, and like just always a nerd for that sort of stuff. And right. I just saw, well before it was cool and so blown wide open right now, the comic book universe and the, yes, stuff, yeah. you know, the, the sci-fi universes. I was like, these guys, right. these guys have career longevity, and they get to do conventions year-round. Yeah, yeah. And they're loved and adored, and the fans are rabid, and they never go anywhere. And they tell amazing, interesting stories in a unique way where they're not hamstrung by the realities of now. Or they get to originate characters and worlds and spaceships and whatever. So sci-fi for me, if I could do sci-fi and be in a long-running Stargate-type right. sci-fi series for the rest of you know my career, I'd be happy, yeah. man. And Or to put on a costume... And run around as any one of my beloved comic book heroes or yeah. just playing that universe. Like, that's it. I don't have the Daniel Day-Lewis lofty goals to right. win Oscars. I, I got into this for the fun. Yeah. I got into this to play pretend for a living and to learn and to travel and experience. And that, for me, is is it right now. I'm not saying it won't change. Yeah, Maybe yeah. One day on the, down the road, I'll even want to get on a stage and do theater for the first time. I don't know. It doesn't occur to me right now. Dabble away. Dabble away. <laughs> How bad could it be? Well, um, it, it definitely seems as you found uh, you found yourself. Yeah. And you found the right Getting place there. to be. Yeah, yeah. You're on the path still, but that's a good thing. It is. This has been fascinating. You're a fascinating person. I know that personally. Are you, my friend? Uh, this is a good place to do it. And I think to that kid in Minnesota, you have learned <laughs> a lot today. We're not even going to charge you. Chad and I have given you this advice for free. Um, so on your way out, let uh, remind everyone again where they can find you online and also where uh, your, your stuff coming out extinct in uh, the next Sniper movie cool. where they can get it. Yeah, let me do my shameless plugs. Do uh, it. Plug away. ChadMichaelCollins.com for all things this fella. Yeah. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, at CollinsChadM. You know, I got a Facebook fan page. I put fun stuff up on there. But Extinct TV, you can go for more information on that show. They got a really cool trailer and just mm-hmm. some... Some Spartan information to Love keep it. you uh, peaked and interested. And, yeah, so we're expecting September will be the latest uh, Sniper film. Yeah. That'll be out for everyone to see. And me and Tom and Billy and Denai running around the world That's shooting awesome. the heads off of bad guys. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Chad, this has been great. You guys out there, hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, find us, uh, find me on Twitter at Knapsack. Use the hashtag the Knapsack Files to jump in and join that conversation and tell Chad hi. Uh, don't forget we're on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review there. Podomatic, Stitcher. Still working on Google Play. It is the hardest thing in the world to get podcasts on Google Play. They don't make it easy. I know I'm getting some requests for that. And don't forget we have the Patreon page. If you want to choose to support, go check it out there and all the rewards that are available if you support the show at the, the level of your choosing. So for Chad, for Tom Barringer and Billy Zane. They're here too in our hearts. We'll see you guys next time. Salud.